Hello and welcome to Katie Talks Trash, where I, Katie, like to talk trash about the reality TV that I love so much. Um, and after this week, did we not need an escape from reality? It was a lot um, this past week, and I'm not going to make too terribly many political commentaries on this podcast because that's not what this is for, but just know that um, I'm of the opinion that every person in this country should be upset about what happened last week. Um, and I just, my grandfather did not storm the beaches of Normandy for what happened last week. He just didn't. So, um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. And, um, sorry, my podcast is a little late this week. I had, um, Monday was the national championship, college football national championship, which this seems like a weird marriage for a girl to um, love The Bachelor and then also closely follow college football. But I, as a Southerner, it really doesn't seem that much of a stretch. Maybe it does if you if you don't live um, in the South where we take our football very, very, very seriously. Um, but Alabama beat the snot out of Ohio State on Monday night. It was a pleasure to watch. Um, we had a once-in-a-lifetime football team that um, I don't think we'll ever see again that just really ran the gamut on everybody that they played this year, and it was fun. It was fun to watch. Um, so Roll Tide, national championship, um, number 18. Number seven for dear Coach Saban, six of which at Alabama. That's just really exciting, you know? So, anyways, um, I don't want to talk about other – I'm trying to decide with this podcast. Do I want to do um, a separate episode each week for Bravo? Do I want to combine it into one? Do I want to make two podcasts a week? Do I want to just do all one show? Or do I just talk about The Bachelor? I haven't really decided yet. Um, y'all tell me what you think. Leave me some feedback on my Instagram um, so that I know if you enjoy it, if you skip that part, if you stop listening when I start talking about, um, other reality shows. So, but today we're just going to dive right into The Bachelor. Um, again, I'm sorry it's late. I watched it yesterday on Tuesday and then I was going to record a podcast last night before my kids went to bed, but my boyfriend made a surprise appearance at my house yesterday. So I didn't do that last night. Um, so now here we are on Wednesday and I'm recording and, um, yeah, so let's, let's just dive in. Let's dive into this week on The Bachelor. And I gotta say, guys, Matt James is a little boring. Matt James is so boring that they've had to, what I really think is a, a producer plant, um, in Victoria, this is the drama is going to come from the girls and Matt James is just going to be like, Oh, I don't know what to do. I've never been on the bachelor before, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I don't, it's just a little boring. Maybe it'll spice up a little bit. And I think they're trying to spice it up by giving us a lot of, of naked Matt James. But I also don't think that is very exciting. Not that Matt James is un- unattractive. Not by any means is he unattractive, but it just seems a little um, cash grabby. So you know, here we go. So the episode opens in a cold open of 
someone passing out during the rose ceremony. We don't get to see her face. We're not sure exactly who it is. And she basically has to get off the little risers that they're standing on and blah, blah, blah. And it's very dramatic. <laughs> this week on The Bachelor. So then, of course, we're going to open to Matt running and riding his sponsored Peloton because Matt is clearly a fit and athletic person. So, um... I'm telling y'all this that Peloton is sponsoring this season. Last week we had a close-up of him on a Peloton and they like start at the logo and pan up. They did it again this week. Peloton is sponsoring this season. Um, that is product placement if I've ever seen it. And I imagine we were going to see the Peloton every week. And then we have our first shirtless, Matt James. Um, he's in the outdoor shower of his suite at the Nima Colon Resort. Um, and he is rubbing his naked body with soap. I wish I could make these things up. Like, I wish I could say that this wasn't real, but it was. Um, and, uh, and then they show the ladies walking into the Nima Colon, and I just am wondering, they're acting like they've never seen it before. Were they not just there the night before? Like, they talk, I was like, okay, so maybe this is like, the editing is a little, you know, different, and maybe this is what their reactions were before introductions. But no, like, they they talk about Abigail getting the first impression rose right there in the lobby, and um, I'm just very confused why they're all acting like they've never been there, and they're just now moving in. So where did they all spend the night last night? Did they do introductions at the Nima Colon and then go back to the Holiday Inn? And then the ones who actually... Got roses are the ones choking into the Nima Colon. I'm just very confused. Um, <laughs> but they're like, some people are like fully dressed for the day. They know what they're doing. They know they're on a, on a TV show. And then you have other people like in sweatpants. <laughs> it was just a very confusing moment for this show. Um, maybe they didn't know they were about to be filmed. None of them really looked camera ready in that moment. But like girls, like you should always be camera show like you would not catch me leaving my room without like full hair and makeup at all time but that's just me I'm vain like that so Chris Harrison comes in while they're sitting around in the in the lobby and tells them that there will be two dates or there will be a group date and two one-on-one -on -one dates but not everyone is going to get a date dun, dun, dun. and he has a date card and he drops it on the table and the date card goes to Brie, and she gets the first one-on-one, -on -one and it says, love is an adventure. And she finds out she's leaving immediately for the date, and she goes, I wore my worst outfit. <laughs> Which was super cute, because I don't, again, I don't think they were ready <laughs> to be on camera. I wore my worst outfit. So, uh, turns out they're going to go four-wheeling which is so dangerous. I have only been on a four-wheeler one time in my life. I would never allow my children to be on a four-wheeler. They are so dangerous. You can, like, fall off them and get pinned underneath them. And, like, I know someone who almost drowned by being pinned under his four-wheeler with his head in a puddle. So, like, I don't – I hate four-wheelers. They terrify me. At least they're wearing helmets and the girls are all screaming that they're jealous because Matt put his helmet on her. And, like, this show just continues to show us 
how low the bar really is, right? He puts a helmet on her, helps her put on an ATV helmet, and the girls are like, oh my God, I'm so jealous. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why would you be jealous of him putting a helmet on her, like helping her strap on a helmet? <laughs> and the funny thing about this is, and with Tasha, but it's just a little more obvious now at Nima Colon, that because they can't go anywhere, these girls are going to witness everything that happens. So they're all standing there watching them, whereas on other seasons where they've been able to travel and things like that, they get in a car and are taken to wherever the date location is. But because they're just like hanging out on the name of Colin grounds, <laughs> the girls are all standing on the patio just watching Bree and Matt drive off on these ATVs. Honestly, like I kind of prefer it this way. I think it's hilarious. I think it is. <laughs> It just adds an extra layer of pettiness to the show that I love. And I think they should be sequestered on one resort the entire time. <laughs> it just gives a level of, like, Bachelor in Paradise where they all just sit on the beach and hate each other all day. It just gives that same kind of vibe. And I think that it should stay like that. Um... I just had to double check because my brain is so tired, y'all. I, I was like, oh, my God, am I not recording this? But I did. Okay. So, um, also, <laughs> they're getting, like, ATVs and biplane rides in this episode. And, y'all, the most exciting thing that Tasha did was ride on scooters in a fake New York taxi that they had to pick up in Flintstone around the resort. <laughs> There's just such a stark difference. <laughs> In production's readiness <laughs> for Matt's season than it was for Tasha's. <laughs> um, so we're going to go to the girls who are like lamenting and the fact that they had just had to watch this exchange with Brie. And Victoria is getting the villain edit before she even like <laughs> opens her mouth. Before she even speaks, the cameras are just kind of like, looking at her making a face. <laughs> and it is clear that Victoria is not going to help herself at all in this. She is going to make, she's maybe determined to make herself look bad, which makes me think that she's a bit of a producer plant. They know she's not going to end up with Matt. <laughs> she's not going to. She never was going to. And they found the one girl in her who probably made herself look awful on um, her audition tapes on purpose. And they were like, yep, we're going to push this one. So <laughs> she immediately starts like telling the girls that she really doesn't care about them. And she's really only there for Matt. And basically she wishes none of them were there. <laughs> And then it's ridiculous to pretend that they're happy for Brie or um, later they say the same thing about Sarah, that they're happy for her. And she's like, I'm not. <laughs> and I'm not going to pretend like I am. And the girls are like, I'm not pretending. Like, this is just kind of part of it. <laughs> Victoria is the worst. Okay, so we're going to go back to the ATVs. Um, they're like scooting through the Pennsylvania wilderness. <laughs> 
And Brie gets on the four-wheeler with Matt, and he's doing Muddy Donuts, and they fly off the four-wheeler. I'm telling you, all these things are dangerous. They're very dangerous. And Matt does this really cute thing where he's like, Brie's mom, I haven't even met her yet, and I've already almost killed her daughter. I'm very sorry. It was really cute. It was like the one time we saw Matt James' personality, besides being shirtless, on the show. So um, it was just really cute. And then they decide they're going to get in a wood-fired hot tub, of course because they're so muddy they need to get naked and wash the mud off um and this is where we have matt james shirtless number two um this man has an axe they pretend like he's chopped all the wood <laughs> to eat up this wood-fired hot tub <laughs> i'm sorry i had the giggles today y'all it is <laughs> After the events of this week, like, people literally attempted a coup d'etat on our um, <laughs> our nation's capital, and it just seems so trivial to be talking about Matt James shirtless um, chopping wood for a TV show. Like, this doesn't the, the, the contrast of these two things is just so bizarre. <laughs> anyway, so they drink um, champagne in the hot tub, um, Brie is a cute girl. Like, she's really pretty. I really like her personality. Um, I love that she is not afraid to get on the ATV. She's not afraid to get her hair wet. She gets her hair wet in the hot tub. That's a big deal. She's a person of color, too. Like, there's specific reasons that they don't get their hair wet. And, um, she was not afraid to. And I love that. Um, they do share a kiss in the hot tub. And they just have, like, cute conversation. There's nothing, like, really groundbreaking in the hot tub conversation. Then we cut back to Victoria, who is already freaking out. She's already freaking out. She has not even changed clothes. She has not been to her room. She's already freaking out, calling everyone fake and losers. She has crazy eyes. She is the person. She's she, telling people that she's not going to fake. She's authentic. But what Victoria is is that person that, like, she thinks that being authentic is saying everything in her brain and that makes her a bitch. And so her authentic self is someone who speaks her mind. Um, even if that makes her a bitch, it's not my problem. And she'll just, she's one of those people who says, that's just the way I am. Deal with it. Instead of realizing that maturity says that um, you shouldn't say everything that comes out of your brain. And sometimes not speaking is the better choice. And um, at the end of the day, you need to preserve yourself and not other people. She doesn't understand that. She's, I don't know how young she is, but she's clearly not very mature. Um, and she thinks that everyone is being fake and losers. And y'all, <laughs> she's a crazy person. And I can't recall, this is going to sound terrible. I can't recall the time that I ever really met somebody normal that was named Victoria. Like Victoria is just a name that is synonymous with girls who just are a little extra. And um, she's one of them. Anyway, so we're going to go on to the night portion of the date. Um, Brie looks very cute and Instagrammy in her silk midi dress and leather jacket. Um, and they start talking about family stuff. And she, you know, tells Matt she, her mother had her very young. Um, she grew up just with her and her mother. Her dad's not really in the picture. And then when Brie got a little bit older, her mother remarried and is now pregnant. And Brie just kind of feels left out from her mother's current family situation that she feels like the stepchild in the situation. And um, 
Somebody posted on Instagram that Bree's mother is actually younger than Claire. Bree's mom is closer to my age. I'm 34. I don't remember exactly. She's like 36 or 37. Uh, and me just sitting back in my life cannot imagine um, having a child old enough to be on The Bachelorette or Bachelor franchise at this moment in my life. But, you know, things happen, right? So Matt is able to relate to that because he has kind of an absentee dad. Um, and they both, you know, talk about how when they were growing up, they gravitated towards friends who had big families. And they spent a lot of time over those friends' houses because that's how they felt like life should be. And that's why they both are seeking a good committed relationship and, and want to have big families because they didn't get that growing up. So they do have a kind of a kindred bond there. I feel like Brie is an early favorite, and I think she's going to go a very long way on this show. Like, she has top five potential, if not final three potential. Um, I just, I feel like she's going to go a long way. I think that this connection early on is going to stick with him. Um, plus, they had a bit of a connection on introduction night. So I think that Matt is really drawn to her. I also think she is is of mixed race. I'm not exactly sure um, what her parents' races are, but I think that she's also of mixed race. They just have a lot of commonalities, I think, that would serve Matt well. Um, so, anyways, I like Brie a lot. Um, she's an early favorite. So now we're going to go back to Victoria. They keep interrupting this, like, beautiful day with Matt <laughs> to go back to Victoria being a crazy person. Um... And she's just sitting around like being a bitch and everybody is like, what is her problem? So we get a knock on the door and a date card and it's going to be the group date. So Chelsea reads the group date card and going on the group date are Chelsea, Serena P, Abigail, Sydney, Ileana, Kristen, Lauren, Jacinia, Serena C, Kit, Kylie, Katie, MJ, Mari, Piper, Rachel, and, of course, Victoria. And the date card says, I'm looking for the one. So um, it leaves out, like, six girls who aren't going to get to go on the group date, which means one of them is going to get the one-on-one -on -one date, and then there's going to be, like, five or six girls who don't get a date at all. Super sad. So... Um, we're going to go back to the date. Matt gives her the date rose. Um, he says that he loves, she was willing to be adventurous on their date. Um, and then there are fireworks and the girls all stand around and watch the fireworks show because they can see it. And somebody's like, I bet they're making out right now. And it cuts to them making out. <laughs> so, and then I just write in here, um, Victoria needs to shut up. Um, she's picking a fight with Mary Lynn. Mary Lynn, Mar it's not Marilyn, it's Mary Lynn, I think, um, and then calls her psychologically disturbed and that she's going to sleep on the couch because they're roommates and she can't believe how toxic Mary Lynn is being. And everybody's just like sitting around staring at her like, is she serious? <laughs> oh, it was rough, y'all. Okay, so now we're going to go to the group date. Um, it's raining, and they are outside, and I just have to question, was there not a plan B for this? Like, these girls are, like, in heels and walking through muddy grass. 
to get to Matt James, who is in full suit, um, standing in front of a wedding arch, and Franco is here in a full pink suit and fur coat. And I just, they're going to take wedding pictures. The girls have like 10 minutes to pick a wedding outfit and then meet back at the arch to take wedding pictures with Matt. And just like, did we not just do this with Zach and Tasha? Is this not the exact same date where they um, put on wedding clothes and took a picture in front of a wedding arch? And wasn't Franco the photographer with his like short shorts with birds all over them? This is the same date. So like, are we going to recycle dates this whole time? And I know there's a trend of like recycling dates. I'm like, thank God we haven't done the love languages date yet where they <laughs> trying to romance Claire off of Juliet's balcony. Ugh. Um, and maybe they'll do that later. I don't know. And I understand that like choices are slim on these um, resorts, but like, let's do something different. Like make them swim in the pool or something, you know? So, um, they pick a full bridal get-up dress, jewelry, tiara. Of course, Victoria picks a crown because she's the queen. Veil, and then they go in and they're going to take pictures. Jacinia goes first, and she does get him to give her a kiss in the picture. Um, all of the girls are, like, kind of posing with him, like, telling him what to do for cute little poses. And I've seen some of the pictures. They put them out on Instagram. Some of them are really cute. Um, I wish we had kind of seen more interaction with the other girls than we did with Victoria because Victoria is like standing to the side trying to interrupt the girls who are taking a picture with him and she finally does interrupt Rachel and Rachel's like mm, we have a few more pictures to take like makes her stand to the side and then finally the photographer's like yeah sure fine like get up there I'm tired of listening to you and she makes Matt take the garter off her leg and she has it so high up on her leg that they can't even show it on tv it is gross. And then she says that they need to kiss for their picture. And Matt's... <laughs> Y'all, if you can, go back and watch the scene. Because he does not want this kiss. The look on his face is like, oh my God, do I have to? Like, I cannot tell her no in front of this whole group of girls. But he like... Oh, it's bad. It is like he is kissing a fish. He does not want to kiss her. And then she's like, we're basically married now. <laughs> Victoria is that ex-girlfriend who, like, when you break up with her, she doesn't leave you alone for two weeks. Like, she just calls you on the minute every minute because she needs closure. Victoria is that girl. Um, then Chris Harrison interrupts and tells them, shocker, they have to do a challenge in these wedding gowns because Matt is looking for someone who is going to fight for him. Our favorite bachelor phrase looking for someone who's going to fight for him. So um, they get a couple of minutes to um, alter their wedding gowns to um, running length. And there's two teams. They're going to play Capture the Heart, which is a super fun game if you play it correctly. These girls don't have any idea how to play this game. Um, there's paint bombs, and they get to hit each other with purses and bouquets. <laughs> To keep each other, there's a slingshot of some sort to keep them from capturing the other team's heart, which of course is Matt's heart. Duh, of course. And the winning team is going to get time with Matt, and the other team is just going to have to go home. 
the rules are there are no rules. And honestly, like, I would be so upset if I was a girl who had picked, like, a strapless gown and now I'm running through the woods trying to keep my boobs from falling out while trying to capture a heart. Um, these girls do not know how to play this game. They clearly did not go to youth camp or we played this game all the time. Um, they are just not ruthless enough. Um, maybe I'm just way too competitive. But, like, I would have been, like, playing tackle football with some of these girls. So they're just kind of, like, running around and, like, hitting each other with bouquets. I would be like, no, we're going to get this heart. And MJ succeeds for the red team. Um, she wins. She grabs a heart and takes it. She seems to be the only person who knows how to do it. <laughs> and then he does pick Mari from the gold team because she won the MVB award, the most valuable bride. <laughs> so she gets to also go um, on the night portion, and the other girls just have to go home. And Katie is literally crying because she didn't win. Um, it's very melodramatic. She's just like, it's not fair. Like, I really tried really hard, and now I don't get to go on the date. It's so sad. Um <laughs> So the girls going on the night group date are Jacinia, MJ, MJ's hair. Can we talk about MJ's hair? She has amazing hair. She's a hairdresser, but she has naturally curly hair, and it is incredible. Um, Kit, Victoria, Mari, Lauren, and some other girls that we don't even get to hear from. They don't matter, apparently. Um... We just don't even get to hear them. Um, Lauren gets to go first, and they start talking about religion and that uh, Lauren talks about how important her faith is to her and that she's looking for someone who can um, come alongside her in that faith. And Matt is like, oh, my gosh, that's such a relief. I've never been able to lead into a relationship with my faith because it sometimes can be ostracizing to people. And, and I get that. Um, so it was kind of nice for them to make that sort of connection. Um, we also get to see him talk to Jacinia, who says she has a hard time trusting because she has a history of boys, um, cheating on her. Um, and then we cut to the date card. So we have the girls that did not get to go on the night date. They're all just kind of sitting around crying about how they didn't get to go on the date. And then a date card bumps in and it's for Sarah. And it says, the sky is the limit for us. Um, back to the date, Victoria, who she does get a little aside with Matt, and she says that um, she knows she comes across as confident, but she also wants him to know that she's a real person and has insecurities too. Like, sweetheart, we can all tell you have insecurities. The reason that you're acting like this is because you're an insecure person. Confident people don't act like this. <laughs> And then he's like, okay, let me walk you back upstairs. And she's like, can I get a kiss before we go? And it's another one of those moments that, like, Matt does not want to kiss her. Matt, you don't have to do this. You don't have to. Um, and she thinks, she's like, oh, my gosh, it was such a passionate kiss. I'm like, girl, he kissed you with his eyes open. Um, <laughs> she thinks she's, like, trapping him, I think, that she's, like, if I act like this and kiss him like this, then surely he's going to fall in love with me. And then he gives the date rose to Lauren. 
And Victoria says she wants to know what they talked about so they can know, she can know what that vibe was because she would copy it. Like if Lauren talked about, if she finds out that Lauren talked about religion with Matt, then the next conversation she has with Matt, she will talk about religion. <laughs> and then she's crying when, he, when Matt and Lauren come back with Rose. Like she's crying, sitting there crying in the group of girls about how she didn't get one. She truly thought that she made an impression on Matt to Get Matt and cannot fathom why Matt would not give her the date rose. Um, then we go to Sarah's date. They're going to fly in a black in a biplane, which is terrifying. I would not, I would have a serious problem with this date. Also, I would have a serious problem with most of the dates on this show, but you know, I digress. Um, she looks super cute. She's wearing this brown fuzzy bomber jacket. They fly over the girls at the hotel, of course. Um, and then after their flight and they have the little picnic portion of the date, she says she's looking for a best friend and Matt, they start talking about their family and how she, she talks about how she's very close with her family, but she doesn't tell him about the issues that her dad has, um, which we know from the opening packages from last week that her father has ALS and she's quit her job to move home. Like she moved back across the country to be a full-time caregiver for her father. And she doesn't open up about that right then. And I think Matt can tell that there's um, something he's not really telling her, telling him. So um, he does want to push it a little bit into the night portion, which he does. And he's able to press her a little bit more about her family. And she opens up about her dad's diagnosis. And I've noticed something. Matt has now had at least three conversations and will have about four conversations with women about their families and in every one of them, Matt calls the father figure, Pops. How does your Pops feel about that? Um, tell me about your Pops. Um, how did your Pops feel about you being on the show? I'm like, there are other synonyms for the word Pops that we can use here, Matt. But maybe that's what he calls his dad. I don't know. Maybe that's just his casual conversation. But he is, okay, so this is the one moment where I was like, Matt James, there's potential in so she's talking about how her dad was given two to five years to live, and he's now lived five years since his diagnosis. And a light bulb goes off in Matt's head that, like, Sarah has sacrificed possibly some of the last days with her father to be there with him. And he says in his confessional, I'm honored that she chose to be here when she really should be at home. And he looks her in the face and he says to her, what can he do for her to see him as someone she could be with? We had a lead on this show ask one of the many what can he do for her? And this never happens on this show. It is usually the other way around. You've got the bunch of girls going after the one guy, and it's usually them asking him, what can I do for you to see yourself with me? And we have the reverse in this situation, which truly is an excellent natural response to what Sarah has just told him. What can I do? so that this is worth it for you. He does not want her to walk away from this situation saying, 
I missed out on time with my father. I put a strain, because she's his full-time caregiver, I put a strain on my entire family, my entire family sacrificed for me to be here. And he is asking her, what can I do so you know that this is worth it? And in that moment, Sarah is top three. She is. She's top three. He realizes that this is deeper for her. And I think Sarah may be the one that through this entire process, he feels like is the one at the end. And she is the one that is going to send herself home. And she is the one that he's sitting on the curb crying about. That's my prediction. You heard it here first. Um, yeah. He's really into it. So then they get in the hot tub, of course. Another shirtless Matt James. We're up to three in this episode. And y'all, her body is phenomenal. I don't know if y'all noticed it when she took her clothes off and got in a bikini. Like, her body was killer. She's a gorgeous woman. Um, of course, there's more kissing in the hot tub. Um, yeah, that's the end of that date. It's a really good date. I think we saw two long-term contestants today in um, both Brie and Sarah. I also think Abigail is right up there. We'll see that in the cocktail party. So we go to the cocktail party. Abigail gets the first of side. He's really into her. You can tell that they are really into each other. Um, it's cute. Like, they are crushing on each other. Um... She decides that they're going to give each other a little signal and group tapes. So they're going to, like, touch their ears so, like, he can see that she's thinking about him. He can say that he's noticing her. Um, <laughs> it's just really cute. And Matt says he doesn't have to try hard to be around her. And that is a really good thing. Like, that goes a very long way in a relationship. If you don't have to try for the friendship and um crush aspect of a relationship, that's going to go a very long way in a relationship as a relationship gets more serious. Um, you should not have to try to just simply be around each other. Um, he talks to Rachel. She's freaking gorgeous. I love Rachel. Um, he talks to Kit. She looks like she's in high school compared to him. Um, but he does seem to really like her. Um, Mary Lynn is so nervous. She's like on the verge of tears talking to him. She is a ball of nerves. But then he tells her he remembers her favorite flower is an orchid. And so he like pulls out this really pretty orchid. I do. My favorite flower is an orchid. Um, they're just an interesting flower. I love them. Anyways, um, he's brought her one and she's just like blown away that he's thought of her. And he, she's like, I didn't even know you remembered my name, much less that we had a conversation about orchids and that he was thoughtful enough to bring me one, and I wanted to go, baby girl, he didn't get that orchid for you. This is from the producers. The producers saw that Victoria and Mary Lynn were having some drama, and so they went to Matt James and were like, do you remember Mary Lynn and how you had this conversation with her that um, orchids are her favorite flower? Well, like, we got one if you want to give it to her. I think that would be really thoughtful. He, meanwhile, has no idea that Victoria and Mary Lynn are having drama. And so he's like, yeah, that is really thoughtful. I would love to give that to her. I do vaguely remember that conversation. <laughs> so, he, <laughs> But really, it was just so that Mary Lynn could have a little more attention than Victoria, and it will make Victoria spiral out of control, which it does. <laughs> it worked perfectly. 
So Mary Lynn like innocently takes her orchid back to the group because like what else is she supposed to do with it? And she like sits it on the table and Victoria's like, what's that from? <laughs> Mary Lynn is like, oh, I told him my favorite my favorite flower is an orchid and he and he brought one for me and it was just really thoughtful. And all the other girls are like, oh, that's really sweet. And Victoria just is like staring daggers at her. So in this moment, um, Victoria says that she's an empath. It's just so ridiculous. Victoria says she's an empath. And since Mary Lynn is toxic, she's absorbing that energy. And then this moment, she's decided she's going to tell Matt how toxic that Mary Lynn is. So she goes and pulls Matt from, to the side and says um, that Mary Lynn is the one causing all the drama. It's very toxic in the house. And she's sleeping on the couch because there's no way she can be roommates with someone who is so toxic. And Matt is just so dumb. He's so dumb. He's like, what? I would have never thought that about Mary Lynn. I can't believe that. I'm going to have to put a stop to that. Bullying, nothing about bullying is okay with me. <laughs> so he comes back to the group. Like, Victoria marches in in this dress. Y'all, this may be the worst outfit we've ever seen on this show. And we've had some questionable fashion. But this was terrible. It was at the... Um, she has to wear, like, a structured bra with this dress in order for the um, microphone to hold. And so she's wearing this, like, black and white bra with this pink Forever 21 ruched dress. It may have strawberries on it. It may be flowers. I'm not sure. It has puffy sleeves. It has a ruched middle. It ha her boobs are hanging out. Or the bra doesn't fit. It's way too short. She has these, like, gold chains. I don't know if she borrowed this dress for somebody or if this is just her fashion. <laughs> it was bad. It was so bad. She also, like, I don't know if she doesn't know how to do her makeup for camera. Um, but, like, she just constantly looks. You know how, like, after you've had about three cocktails, your makeup just starts to, like, melt this is what she looks like. And, like, the glitter from her eyeshadow is, like, running down her cheeks. It's just really, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. Um, so Matt, like, marches in, pulls Mary Lynn to the side, and it's like, Victoria is telling me. If Mary Lynn is like, what? And the girls are like, no, none of that is happening. <laughs> it's awful. She's like crying to the side. Um, <laughs> and Mary Lynn does like what a normal person would do and like wants to have a talk with Victoria. And she like goes to sit beside her. And Victoria's like, no, I'm going to sit over here. I don't even want to sit next to you. And Mary Lynn is like, okay, but like it's really loud. We're like right off the room where the girls are. Can I just sit? sit beside you so I can can hear you talk? Victoria's like, no, I don't even want to sit beside you. And then Mary Lynn is trying to say, you know, I'm sorry if I did something to hurt your feelings, but I didn't, I don't know that I did. Like, can we talk about it so this won't happen again in the future? And Victoria just, like, will not listen, calls them oil and vinegar, which, baby, is a salad dressing. She meant oil and water. She also didn't know it drinking out of fire hose meant so maybe Victoria's just not strong on her euphemisms. Um, and she basically just, like, gets up and walks away from her. 
None of the girls in the house supported her. And it's insane. And poor Mary Lynn is, like, crying off to the side, like, thinking this may have, like, ruined her chances with um, Matt. But Mary Lynn is now the bully in the house, and it's awful. It's really bad. Like, it's really not okay. So then we go into the rose ceremony. Um, Bree, Sarah, and Lauren already have roses from previously. Um, Piper gets the first rose, and I feel like we miss some things. because This is what happens on this show, is they focus so much on the drama that we miss some of the buildup of real relationships. Piper gets the first rose, and honestly, like, when you said her name, I couldn't even tell you what she looked like. Um, if she's getting the first rose, like, he's had a significant conversation with her. Um... So we get Piper, then Kit, Maggie, Rachel, Abigail, Chelsea, Jacinia, Katie, Serena C. And this is the moment where Sarah starts like blinking heavily and realizes that she's about to pass out. And so she leaves the platform. Um, And then the the cameras go all Blair Witch while Matt is like chasing, like trying to figure out if she's okay. And I don't know who the other girl is. I don't even know who the other girl is helping her. And it's like, can we get some medics? Like, I think she's about to pass out. And, like, this is not shocking. Like, if you don't know, like, the behind the scenes of, of the way The Bachelor works, like, they're up there for hours at this large of a group. Um, Matt calls, like, two or three girls at a time. Then he goes back to another room um, and gets the next two or three names. It's impossible to remember all of the names in order. So they're up there for, like, hours. They're not eating They've probably been drinking. It's probably like a random buffet dinner that they had. Um, These girls are in heels. They're in dresses. They have camera lights on them. Like, when anybody passes out on the show, it's not shocking in the situation that they're in. Um, And then it's dun-dun-dun to be continued. So we don't get to see the rest of the rose order. Um, And it ends with Sarah on the ground. So um, that's it. And then there's a preview And pretty much the entire preview is Victoria and how everyone hates her. So clearly she gets a rose because there's footage of her from next week. So, blah. There is no good content in this preview for what's going to happen next week except for the fact that Victoria is a a demon. Um, Yeah, so that's it. Like, it's yet another episode of the trope of the crazy women you know, and I just, I think we're spoiled after Tasha's season. And going back to this drama just seems so like, ugh. Can we get a cast of 30-year-olds again, please? So, yeah, that's it. I think Matt's kind of boring, and we only got, like, small glimpses of his personality this episode. And hopefully next week that we'll see a little bit more. Um... But yeah, I guess that's it. So next week we'll go back to normal. Um, I'll watch in real time. So uh, make sure that you are following me on Instagram at Katie Talks Trash. Comment about the episode um, on my Instagram so I know that you're listening. And uh, yeah, that's it. Cheers to next week.